shall show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Amen. 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 Have to read anymore unless the Lord did it. I'm going to, and y'all can stay safe for this. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to Romans chapter 4. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. And it reads For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Abraham believed God Mm -hmm. and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Not to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace but of debt. I'm going to read this to y'all in another version later on. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that God is good? Amen. Hallelujah. And so I went into this, y'all. I got to tell you, I got to give y'all a disclaimer. So I went into this. Um, God gave me this this word. It was like after 12 o'clock, I'm laying in the bed, I'm typing on my phone. And I'm just all these scripts and all this stuff. I say, God, this is a whole lot of information. I said, I might not even be able to preach this in one Sunday. So I, I, I need you, um, Pastor, to kind of put me on the time. I don't want to go about 30 or 40 minutes unless the Spirit just really take over. But I might just finish this because I, I, I don't want to shortchange what God gave me, but I also know that all of us can only hold so much, right? Mm-hmm. So um, just starting, and I'm just. The word is to me first. So y'all, I'm at this, I'm at this point in my life where I um I was telling my wife it's kind of like right now we are in a point in our relationship where we kind of switching, right? So for the majority of my life, I've been like this analytical person who just thinking, 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 and she has been the I'm just gonna do it. I just have faith, right? And so now she up late at night just thinking, 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 and I'm like, God, I don't even know what to do no more. I'm just gonna walk in faith, right? I'm just gonna walk in faith because I don't even know what to think about or do anymore. So that's where I am. And so God, this word is to me first. And in this season in my life, I'm just um I'm just believing and trusting that God is good. Amen. Especially as I watch the news and I watch all that's happening in our world. And even listening to other Christians, it seems like the enemy is using all of the things that's happening in this world, even to get Christians to lose focus on what's really important, right? Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is like, as, as all of this racial stuff is going on, think about how many people are protesting in the, in the streets and they just want justice, right? Mm-hmm. They just want justice. They want Biden to fix it. They want the government to fix it. They want somebody to fix COVID. Like, they just want people to fix it, even Christians, right? Mm-hmm. 
But that's misplaced trust. Man can't save us, right? So our trust has to be in God. Even while all this stuff is going on, we still have to believe that God is good. So I read to you about, I started with Abraham because I looked up the word like faith and I looked up the word trust and y'all, it blew me away to know what that word really means. It blew me away to know what that, or at least how it was used in the Hebrew. And how it was used in the Hebrew, faith or trust, right, to believe or have faith is to hold up, to foster, to bear in one's arms like a child. Hmm. What, Pastor? The word faith means to hold up, to foster, to bear in one's arms like a child. Hmm. So the very definition of faith is how a baby is, how they come out and they trust in you to just hold them. Yeah. Right? They don't know what's going on around them. They don't know nothing about nothing. They are trusting you to hold them in there, to bat them up in, in your arms. That's faith. That's how God expects us to be. In his presence. He expects us to trust him like a little child, right? And for him just to hold us and we just like, we just going with Jesus because we don't know nothing about nothing. That's what faith means. That's the definition of faith. And so I started with Abraham because if, if you notice what I read, it said that his call came not as an infant, but as a 75 year old man. So at 75 years old, God was expecting Abraham to trust him like he was a little bitty infant that could not provide for himself. Amen. Right? So the word says that Abraham trusted God to hold him like a baby and nurture and nourish him at 70 years old to fulfill impossible promises to him. Right? To fulfill to fulfill impossible promises. He said, Abraham, at 75, I'm going to give you a child. And not only am I going to give you a child, but you're going to have a multitude of descendants. So he was expecting Abraham to trust him like a little bitty baby to perform an impossible task, right? Mm -hmm. To give him a multitude of people, a multitude of descendants, when he didn't didn't even have the first one. That's faith. But the part that, 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 that I want you to hold on to with this particular sermon is the word says God counted his faith as righteousness. God counts your faith as righteousness. God counts your faith as righteousness. So when you stand before God, what's going to justify you in his presence? When you stand before God on Judgment Day, what's going to judge? What? What? How? When God looks at you, mm-hmm. what's what's going to tell him that? Okay, you are right with me. What's going to make him say, "Good and well done, my faithful servant"? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be your faith in Him. Yeah. That's what's going. That's what. That's what. That's what's going to justify you in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Your belief. Yeah. Your faith in Him. I go back to the first question. Do you believe that God is good? Do you trust him to carry you in his arms like a baby? And like a lot of these questions I ask y'all because we church folks, yes. 
We say yes because we know yes is the right answer. But it's so hard to do. But faith is what justifies us before God. Our righteousness is that of a filthy rag. Right, so there's nothing that we can do that's going to justify us before God except to believe in his son. That's the only thing we got. That's the only thing that you can, like, none of, none of your works, right? Mm-hmm. None of your works are going to justify you. Well, you, say, you might be saying, well, pastor, the word say, well, faith without works is dead. But if you're doing the works without the faith, yes. Amen. then the works don't mean nothing. Glory. So whatever work you do, you have to do the works because you believe. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Romans 4, 3 through 5. Hallelujah. Romans 4, 3 through 5 is what I read for you. And this is Paul talking and he's telling them, you know, Abraham believed God and because of his faith, God accepted him as righteous. He says, a person who works is paid wages, but they are not regarded as a gift. They are something that has been earned. So if you think that you can work your way into heaven, right, your reward is going to come just, just like you working for it. God will say, okay, here's your reward. Mm-hmm. Right? Here is your reward for what you work for. But listen to what, is, what the scripture, what Paul says about faith. But those who depend on faith, not on these, and who believe in the God who declares the guilty to be innocent, mm-hmm. it is this faith that God takes into account in order to put them right with God. Mm-hmm. If you try to make it by works, all you're gonna get is it all, all you're gonna have is, is whatever how far your works take you, and it's gonna end right there. But when you trust in faith, that goes as far as God can go. Does that make sense? That goes your faith goes as far as God can go. Because he can do the impossible. If you just depend on works, on the works of your hand, that's only gonna take you as far as you can go. Right? God is infinite. Yes. You are not. Amen. So that's why you have to depend and walk in faith. And so like I said, this whole sermon is going to be on them three verses, y'all. Them three verses. So my next question is, what does all, what does what, what Paul just said, what does it imply? And the first thing that it implies is that there are different types of faith. You can either have faith in stuff, or faith in God. Now that stuff can be whatever. It can be man. It can be money. But it's, it's different types of faith, right? But it's either it, it it when it boils down, it's either faith in stuff or faith in God. Faith in God is rooted in a belief of His goodness. Faith in God is rooted. Ultimately, when you say that you believe in God, mm-hmm. you're saying, God, I believe in Your goodness. I believe in your goodness. I believe now. Now, now I need y'all to, like I say, all these questions, all these things I'm saying, it, it sounds easy on the surface, but watch this. So you grew up and you was abused as a child. Can you still say, God, I believe in your goodness? You might have been sexually assaulted, but God, I believe in your goodness. You might have gone through the worst divorce of all time. Like you can't pick and choose now what you want to have faith with and when you ultimately believe that God is good. He's either good all the time or he's not. He's either good all the time or he's not. 
So faith in God, when we talk about, you know, trusting God to carry us like a baby, right? We come into this world and things happen to us from the time we are children to the time that we grow up. But are you still that whole time while you're going through? Is your faith still rooted in this deep belief that God is good? Right? How does God demonstrate his goodness towards us? This is how, y'all. Paul tells us, he says, and who believe in God who declared the guilty to be to be innocent. This is how we know God is good. Mm -hmm. We know that he is good. Right? Because the guilty are declared innocent. Mm -hmm. Not because we deserve it. Mm -hmm. But because a price has been paid. So now this is like Y'all, I know this, this is a lot of me, at least I think it is in my head. And my y'all know it just be eating it up. But um he's good because he declares the guilty. I got love. He declares the guilty innocent. Not because we deserve it. Right? So when you think about guilt, that should it might make you happy to think, God, yes, I'm guilty and you love me. And you declare me innocent, man, you're good. Mm-hmm. But what about the person that did something to you? Jesus. How do you feel when God says, I will declare them innocent as well? Jesus. Will you still say that God is good? Because mm-hmm. he's either good all the time mm-hmm. or he's not. And that's a tough thing to wrestle with, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're wrestling with that and you like, God, no, nah, that don't that pass not. But you mean that? That means your faith, right? Because your faith, your faith is rooted in His goodness. So that means your faith is kind of shaky, right? But the part that we miss is those people that are guilty. They not getting off, right? You might be thinking, well, they hurt me like this, and then you pass it. You telling me God just gonna forgive them, right? And and nothing is gonna happen to them. What you fail to realize is that God is just not letting that person off the hook. All the punishment that that person deserved, he placed on Jesus. All the the punishment that that person deserves, he placed on Jesus. And you might be saying, well, that ain't fair. No, I don't want Jesus to get hurt. I want them to get hurt. Well, if you don't forgive them and you don't let the blood of Jesus apply to them, then whatever you do, that same blood don't apply to you. Amen, amen, amen. Lord, amen. Yes, Lord. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. So, mm-hmm. uh, the price has been paid. And that's how we know that God is good. Only God has the authority to declare the guilty innocent. And I don't know if y'all remember in the scripture where... Um, when Jesus, you know, Jesus just walk around and be like, your sins are forgiven. Don't sin no more. And they looking like, how you going to do that? They owe me something. They owe me an apology. They owe like, how you just going to say the same way he does it for you, he does it for them? Yes. Do you trust him? Yes. Do you trust him that even if you don't see the vengeance that you want on the people that hurt you? So even if white people don't get all that they deserve, right? Is God still good? Do you, are you trusting him to still carry you in spite of the fact that people getting lynched or discriminated or all of these things that happen? Is God still good at the end of the day? Only God has the authority to declare the guilty innocent. He does this to show his goodness. 
Y'all check out Romans 2, 1 through 10. Right? It would be stupid. Right? It would be stupid to think that God is just letting us get away with things. That's not an eternal mindset. We make God so ticky-tacky, right? They do this, God do that. They do this, God do that. That's not an eternal mindset. God is not trying to destroy us. He's not trying to punish us. Sin does all that on its own. God, like, I ain't got to punish you because if you if you a sinner, you gonna like the law. The law would do that, right? The law is gonna the law is gonna whoop your behind. I don't have to do it. I'm not ticky tacky like that. I don't have to sit there and watch you like, oh, you made this mistake. Let me punish you. Let me get you. No, he doesn't have to do that. That's not an eternal mindset. Sin does that all on its own. You aren't getting away. Your punishment was placed on Jesus. God say, I already laid my punishment down. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not trying to punish you. The only reason a lot of us go through things is because of sin. Mm-hmm. Whether it's sins we are committing or whether other people, like we are being affected by other people's sin. Glory. Right? But the price, the punishment has, Jesus has already took the punishment for all of us. Mm-hmm. The question is, do you trust God enough mm-hmm. to believe in him? That despite all of this stuff going on, he's still good. Because that's what's going to justify him. That's what's going to make him say, when you stand before God, he's not saying good and well done for you. The fact that you gave $10 or something that don't even have no value, that's just paper. He's not saying well done for that. He's saying well done because you trusted me through this walk. That's what he said well done for. You were able to make it all the way in, trusting me. First John 2 and 2 tells us that and Christ himself is the means by which our sins are forgiven. And not our sins only, but also the sins of everyone. Of everyone. Adam and Eve's decision to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was ultimately a decision to be grown. Right? Ultimately, what they did was a decision to be grown. Y'all, like, you, you can be like Abraham, you can be 70 and say, God, I'm fine with you treating me like a baby. Amen. Glory. Right? I'm fine with you treating me like, hold me in your arms, Father, provide for me, give me my daily bread, treat me like a baby. Right? Or you can say, nah, let me just go and take, take this into my own hands. And be grown. Right? To trust themselves rather than trust God the Father. They rejected his nurturing. And then I began to think about my wife with that word cultivation. Right? When she was preaching that Sunday, and I think all the women in the house were like, when she was talking about her husband cultivating, they were like, mm, yes, 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 cultivation, yes, yes. So I was beginning to think about like, because that's what comes to my mind when I think about a garden, right? I think about being in, in the Garden of Eden, being in the presence of God, and God just cultivating everything. The trees are pretty, the grass are pretty, like everything just like growing and it's fruitful and it's multiplying, right? So they rejected when they when they decided I'm going to take matters into my own hand. They rejected God's nurturing. 
And so God is saying today, stop rejecting the people that's trying to speak into you. Stop rejecting how he's trying to nurture you. Stop rejecting the word. And I'm not talking about the hypocrite, right? That's just an excuse that people use when they don't really want to be right with God. Right? The church full of hypocrites. Like like the streets ain't full of hypocrites. <laughs> like all the hypocrites in the church. The streets full of them too. Yes. You can't tell me that people in the streets don't say one thing and do another. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. So I'm talking about like stop, 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 um stop rejecting, you know, when God is trying to nurture you, when he puts you and surrounds you with people yes. Yes. that's trying to give you the truth. Yes, yes. Right? So I'm talking about Christians who are bearing fruit. You know them. They might not look what you expect, but you know, you can tell, even when a person not really in the church, you can tell when a person had, when they love God. Mm-hmm. When they just good. Mm-hmm. And you never know, like, they might just be good, but they don't have, like, all of, like the, all of this, all the structure, but their heart is good. And God will surround you around people like that so you can walk with, so y'all can walk together. Amen. Right? And that's what he's saying. God is like, when I'm trying to nurture you, when, I, when I'm giving you those, those, those little moments of, of me pulling or, or you, you think it's, you know, I think when we did the, um, the one on the Holy Spirit, the sermon on the Holy Spirit, and we was talking about, you know, like the wind blowing, you don't know where it's coming from. Don't reject the Spirit. God has all types of moments like that in our life, and that's Him trying to nurture and cultivate us as a father. Like He, like, look, my little child, the wind blowing you that way, go over there, your blessing over there. But a lot of times we fight against where the, where the Spirit is trying to take us. We don't let the Spirit just take us wherever we like. We just flown on the cloud. Think like a little child thing, rainbows and butterflies, and I'm just gonna float with God. We get so caught up in all of the the thunderstorms. In the lightning. But scripture tells us that's not God. Say God is in the still small voice. He's in the He's in the whisper. He's in the bedtime story. He, he's in that. That's where He is. Yes, Lord. Right? And so when we're talking about judgment, right? Why would God trust in him? I, and I wrote this down and you can use you can use whatever example you want to use, right? But I, I want to use alcohol, right? Why would God send you to hell for a beer? Right? Why would God send you to hell for a bit? That's too simple. Mm-hmm. That, that's not an eternal mindset, mm-hmm. right? That's not an eternal mindset. The totality of your life is what's going to speak for you. Mm-hmm. And it's not up to you how God ju- judges. God ain't worried about getting you now. <laughs> he ain't worried about getting you now. Like, I got to get Janelle right now. <laughs> I got to get her right now. Right, God is like, and that and the reason He's not worried about getting you right now, that's a demonstration of His goodness. Yes, yes, yes. That's a demonstration. He's like, I got like, He's like, God, I got all the time in the world. But I need you to know that when you stand before me, I need you to know that I wasn't trying to get you at all. That I was there trying to nourish you that whole time. If you live 90 years, I was trying to, none of them 90 years was I trying to get you. None of them 90 years was I trying to catch you up or get you. For all them 90 years, the only thing I wanted to be to you was good. Just so that I can leave you without an excuse. So, that's too simple. The totality of your life is going to speak for you. He's not worried about getting you now because he owns eternity. Right? 
God said, instead of me getting you, look, look, because he's the creator of all things, he says, I can, God can just sit back and I can just give alcohol certain properties. Like, what did it do to your liver over time? <laughs> right? It's addictive of properties. I can give it the ability to impair your judgment, to give you a hangover, diarrhea, blood poison, and I can let your own decision making whoop your behind. I don't have to give you the alcohol gonna get you. Right? The alcohol gonna get you. All on its own. And right, and so the properties that God gives these things, the property that God gives these things are not God causing these things to happen. Bad things happen because of the consequences of our abuse. When you think about alcohol, you can't say, well, God, why would you make alcohol if you knew that it was going to make me sick? God said, I didn't make that. Mm-hmm. I made grapes, and y'all turned it into wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I, made, I made this plant for a medicinal purpose, but y'all make it to get high and numb and numb your feelings and your pain. And now you addicted to it. Right? So God say, I ain't got to get you. Your sins are going to get you. Your sins will take care of you all on their own. So you can apply that to sex. Right? You can apply that to sex. You can apply that to food. You can apply that to music. Whatever you want. God said, I made that. Everything that I made was good. So when all this bad stuff happened, don't be looking at me like, God, why did you allow this to happen? God said, I made that to help to nurture. I made music to nurture you. I made food to sustain your body. I made sex to be enjoyed. I made all these things to nurture you. Y'all took it and used it to abuse and to control and for witchcraft and all of these things. God creates and then simply says to man, do do you know? Do what you will. Mm. Do what you will. Just know that I'm God, and whatever I created will never be me. Mm. Right? Oh, no. Do what you will with my creation. Just know that my creation will never be me. So you can take all my stuff and make all the medicine in the world and think that it's gonna save your life and cure AIDS and cure cancer and all this. You can do all of that and think that you're gonna come up with this solution, but you will never be God. Never. 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 Glory to Jesus. Never. No matter how smart you are, you think you are, it's never go it's never you never gonna be God. Because he made it. His creation will never be him. You can trust me on this, or you can experience what happens when you break the laws of creation. He said you can trust me and worship me as God, or you can keep on worshiping my creation. Breaking the laws of what I created this stuff to be, and then when they keep messing you up, that's on you, not on me. Mm-hmm. We have to learn this. God said God wants us to learn to worship Him and not things, not stuff, because because we are nurturers ourselves. God, Adam's job in the garden was a cultivator. Mm-hmm. He wants us to learn to trust Him. Because he gave us the ability to cultivate as well. And when we don't trust him, when we don't learn how he operates, that's when we that's when you start to see people abuse their gifts and their talents. And that's what causes so much pain. God gave us the ability to choose so we can fully understand that he made us that way so we can understand how he is. Because if he didn't make us that way, we would just be robots. We would just be robots doing whatever you know he, he's making us do. But he gives us the opportunity to make choices 
So we just say, okay, God. Right? Okay, God. I see why you like that. Right? I don't want my children to love me because I can force them to. I want them to love me because they want to. Because they want to. I don't want, you know, because they want to. So on top of all of God's goodness, God is saying, regardless of your abuses, I will ultimately judge you based on your trust in me. So even when we take God's creation and we do all of these wicked things, at the end of the day, Jesus already done paid the price. Jesus hung his head and said, it's finished, right? So basically, we going through this life. You either going through this life, either trusting stuff or trusting God. And when you stand before him, he's not looking at you because of the beer you drink. He's looking at you. Did you trust me over there? Over, over your, did, you, did, you place my, did you place your trust in me? You might have started out this way, but at, at any point, did you turn from all that wickedness and trust me? Mm-hmm. At any point, did you say, you know what, God, what I was doing is not working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I trust you to be my father. And you might come to that place at 12, or you might come to that place like Abraham at 75. Mm-hmm. But at some point in your life, you have to make that decision to fully trust him. And that trust extends not only like that, that trust extends to everybody. Trust him even though you've been through abuse and pain and hurt. Because the same way that you have abused his creation, that's what other people are doing. So, so wrap your mind around this when I say abuse people, abuse creation. You do realize that you are his creation, right? So that's why other people, we abuse each other. We abuse each other. And so if God, if God forgives somebody for abusing, like for if God will forgive somebody for, for substance abuse, he'll also forgive somebody that or, or that that hurts you. If if they turn. Okay. All right. Um. So on top of this, of his goodness, regardless of your abuses, I will ultimately judge you based on your trust in me. That's the first commandment, right? Regardless of what you've done, the first commandment is I will have you have no other God, no other God before, because I want you to understand my goodness towards you. So every and any law you break is the same one. That Adam and Eve broke. Romans 5 and 17. That's it. That's in the word. So every law that you break, ultimately you just doing the same. It's, it's no different. How people trying to break sins. It's no different. It's the same sin that Adam and Eve committed. You tried to be wrong. You tried to take stuff in your own hand. You want to do what you want to do. It's the same sin. So you know you heard the people say if Adam and Eve just had to mess up, you would have did the same thing. You would have did the same thing that they did. They didn't trust God. And some of us doing it right now. They didn't trust God enough to listen. Right? They didn't trust God enough to listen. That's faith in here. Secondly, he judges believers. Trusted him by the second commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. So when we stand before God, number one, he's going to judge us on our faith and our trust in him. And then number two, right? So when you believe in him, you become a Christian, right? So then what he's going to judge you on? He's going to judge you how you love your neighbor after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. 
They didn't trust God enough to listen. To listen. God is just and he is good. His mercy endures forever. His judgments are not based on our sins. His judgments are not based on our sins. His judgments are you know, why you know why? Because Jesus took all the sins. He took them all. He took them all. So your, him judging you is based on who you trust him, not on your sins. Stop thinking every time you mess up, he gonna get you. He not. When stuff happens to you because of your sins, that's just the law. That's just like if you stick your hand on the fire, you're gonna get burnt. That's just a that's gravity. That's a property. Right? That's just that's just life. Jesus took all your sins. How do I know this? Because the law was presented, it was present before they sinned. God did God don't make up rules after the fact. He took before they failed. Before they failed, he said, Don't do this. He didn't wait till they failed and then say, Okay, now you broke the rules, I'm gonna get you. So he's not holding them accountable, he's not holding us accountable for something we did not know. He doesn't make up rules after the fact. The first commandment is that thou shalt have no other God before me. This includes yourself. Everyone is a sinner. We are born that way. But not everyone is a believer. Everyone is a sinner. But not everyone is a believer. And this is why you must be born again. John 3. So what God is saying to us today is the same thing that he was trying to get Nicodemus to understand. And it's the same principle that God just demonstrated with Abraham, right? Nicodemus, when, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, Nicodemus said, how is this possible? Basically, like, I'm old. I can't go back and go back into my mother's womb and start all over. And that's when Jesus starts to explain to him that he has to be born of the Spirit. He said everybody has two births. One of the water means you physically in your mother's womb, right? That's the first he said, but you can be born again if you're born of the Spirit. And that's when you become a believer. So much of what we consider to be justice will come after the fact. Right? So do you trust God? Do you trust God? I'm almost there. I see where I see my stopping point off. So much of where we consider what we consider to be justice is going to come after the fact. Mm-hmm. So God does vindicate some things in this life, right? Somebody hurts you and, you know, they um, they go to jail or, you know, they get arrested or they lose their job or they lose their reputation, right? So some things God takes care of in the right here and the right now. But ultimately, at the end of the day, everyone is guilty. And only those that trust God will be saved. So even if a person goes to jail... That's not the real judgment. Because who's to say seven years or three years or three months is the appropriate punishment for the crime? All that stuff is man-made. Yes, yes. Right? So that's like those people where somebody, you know, if if you have a member of your family killed and they they want the death penalty, right? Mm -hmm. They want the death penalty. 
And those they, they want the death because they feel like that's gonna give them closure. I've never seen the death penalty. The only person I've seen come from the dead is Jesus. So I've never seen death restore life. Except in the person of Jesus. So man killing another man, how does that give you closure? Because I tell you, if they say if they if, if they give their life to the Lord in that electric chair, they can still go to heaven. You can be right here on earth and never repent and go to hell. Right, so so much of, of what we consider to be justice is going to come after the fact. Only those who trust, and remember that trust is, I trust you like a baby. I trust you to hold me like a baby. Right? Mm-hmm. So God considers, I think that, that fifth verse is what I read in Romans, God considers our faith in him. He counts or sees our admission of sin, the sin of Adam, has faith and trust that his goodness will spare us. Right? Not the sins of Jonathan. My sins are nothing new. Right? You're giving your sins too much credit. You're giving your sins too much credit. Right? I'm talking about the original sin, which is, do you want to be God or you want to let God be God? You give, you give, you're giving your lust too much credit. And what I mean by that is, Right? You thinking about your lust or your struggle like, it's so hard, I can't. Yeah. You don't trust God. Mm-hmm. You giving you giving whatever it is that you're doing so much power yes, yes, yes. versus giving God mm-hmm. the, the trust in God that, that God has the power to deliver you. Mm-hmm. God say if you would just trust me, them sin them, them sins. I can take them away. Matter of fact, I already have. If you would just trust me. So that like that, as, as I was doing it, that just reshaped my mind of like like judging people as a Christian. Because I'm like, okay, you're a sinner. Be video. My God is bigger. Like, okay, yeah, you wouldn't worry. Okay, yeah, you do all of these things. My, my God is bigger. I trust in his goodness. Yeah, I see you doing all of this stuff, but I still know that he's good. I know, I believe that if you turn right now and say, God, I trust you, I'm hurting, I'll cry out to you, I trust you. No matter what you're doing, whether you're a homosexual, a murderer, whatever you whatever you want to name, I trust that his goodness will still apply to your life. Amen. Amen. So what's the point of me judging other people for what they've done? Amen. God, the only thing that God wants from us, he wants us to acknowledge he wants to, uh, us to acknowledge that he is God. The first commandment. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I want to I end with this question. This is why I'm going to end with this sermon for this Sunday. Which thief are you on the cross next to Jesus? Oh, Which thief are you on the cross next to Jesus? Do you disregard his divinity? Or do you accept that someone hanging on a cross, supposedly defeated, has the power to save you from your sins in the last breaths of your short and sinful life. Right? So that's what makes that that's what makes that whole scene, right? That's what makes that whole scene so powerful. Because that sinner who was like you claiming to be God, get yourself down. Yeah. He was looking at Jesus' situation and saying, you can't be, you don't have no power. Because mm-hmm. if you had power, you would get down off the cross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But the other thief, both of them thieves now, the other thief had the faith to say, I believe. I want to be in paradise with you today. Which one are you? And ultimately, like, the, the, the last piece of that scene is that was at the that was at the end of their lives. They had lived their whole life in God's goodness, still afforded both of them an opportunity to choose goodness. They had done all they had done all their stealing. And for whatever reason, they had just got caught at that moment in time, right? They grew up their whole life. And for whatever reason, they had got caught in that moment, got, got sentenced to die, death of crucifixion on the cross. And even right then, in that moment, the goodness of God still presented them with a choice to trust themselves or to trust God. And that man said, take me with you. You say you're going to paradise? I'm going with you. And he had lived his whole life. And that's how I know God not his good. He's not trying to get us. Yes. He's not. He's not trying to get us. He just wants it. He, he wants us to understand his goodness. He wants us to understand his goodness. So y'all can come on and give. I want to keep going, but I ain't gonna say it. Hallelujah. In times of distress, amen. Nurture. So the, the sum of all, the sum of that whole sermon is, you know, do you believe that God is good? Do you believe that he's good? Regardless of what you've done, regardless of what other people have done, regardless of what's on the news, do you believe that he's good? Amen. Do you believe that he died for you? That uh, he has the ability and the power to wipe away all your sin. Do you believe that by his stripes you are healed? Do you believe that by his stripes your family are healed? Right? We got to we got to stop having such a like I said a ticky tack mind state and have an eternal mind state. Do you trust him that even if healing does not come on this side, it's gonna come on the next side? Even if prosperity does not come on this side, he got a mansion that made by hand on the other side. Right? Even if, if tears come on this side, you believe that it's going to be no more tears on the other side, right? Do you? Tr- that's trust. So you either trust that he that he can do it all the way, or you don't, or you don't. And 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 in no other time in our life is this revealed what we really believe in a one time for this dream. Amen. That's what it shows us. What we really believe. What we really the mouth can say anything. The mouth can say anything. But it shows up when it's out of the script. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord.